Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. One key concept in Stoic ethics that Cato sets out for us as a representative of Stoicism in Cicero's On the Ends, Book 3, is this notion of appropriate acts. And the Latin for that is actually officium, officia in the plural. The Greek for that is kathekon, and this played an incredibly important role within Stoic ethics, in part because the appropriate acts, or another way of translating this is moral duties, are things that make sense for us to do, things that we ought to do, but they're not by themselves intrinsically good. As a matter of fact, the Stoics reserve the whole notion of what is intrinsically good for virtue or moral goodness as such, and actions that represent virtue stemming from virtue. And we'll get to that in just a moment. So what are these appropriate acts? Or if you like, it doesn't work quite so well here to translate it as duties, but you could say actions in accordance with duty. So... Cato tells us that some of these stem from what he calls the primary impulses or objects, or another way of being a bit more literal in translation, principles, principis, of nature. And one of the things that the Stoics believed was that every single being from its inception, as soon as it is self-aware, it loves itself and it attempts to make its being continue. And not just existence, but its physical frame. You could say it protects its physical integrity. And so some acts stem from this primary impulse of preserving what we translate as its own constitution, status in Latin, which would include our, our physical form. So that would include actions like take nourishment, right? Making sure that we're eating the right things to actually get ourselves what it is that we need for our bodies. And you know, if we wanted to be very modern about this, we could say, well, you should consult nutrition and see you know, whether the things that you're eating are actually good for you or not. And if you find out that they're not good for you, then it would be an appropriate act to change your diet. Exercising could be one of those sorts of things. Moving from place to place to avoid hazards, to make yourself feel better about your physical frame. All of those sorts of things could fall under this primary impulse of preserving one's constitution. Then in the same paragraph, he goes a little bit further and he says that another set of uh, appropriate actions come from taking what is in accordance with nature and rejecting or pushing away from us its opposites. So we have to think both what is in accordance with our own human nature and not just human nature in the sense of, oh, well, people are bad, that's human nature. That's not the way the Stoics saw it. So we have to think about things like familial affection. You know, that would be something that is from nature and is in accordance with nature. And he talks about that a little bit later in book three. How should we treat our children? 
How should we treat those with whom we are in a household? Those are things that are in accordance with nature and fit into this notion of appropriate acts. Another way of understanding appropriate acts, and this gets to that issue of are we dealing with virtues or not, is that appropriate acts really deal with what the Stoics called indifference. These are not things that we are necessarily indifferent to. That's placing the indifference on the side of the subject. Rather, they're things that we ought to be indifferent to. That is, we ought to have a certain detachment from them because they literally do not make a difference in relation to happiness in the full sense, eudaimonia, or beata vita for the Latin translation of that, or to having moral goodness or virtue, because the Stoics think that these three things, happiness, moral virtue, and moral goodness are all tied together in one big thing. They're at the top, you could say. And then at the bottom would be the opposites of that, moral badness, vices, misery, right? But there's a whole bunch of stuff in between, like say, wealth or poverty, physical health, or sickness, the amount of time that we enjoy something for or suffer something for, our social status, all sorts of things along those lines, our appearance, are we good looking or ugly? Those are all, strictly speaking, indifference. Now, the Stoics didn't think that because of that, they have no ordering whatsoever, but they, they don't conduce to or combine themselves into the good or the bad. And you might say, well, wait a second here. Didn't you just say that appropriate acts stem from, say, preserving one's own constitution? Obviously, a living thing values its own life and its own body being in some sort of integral shape. Yes, the Stoics would say, but that is not the same thing as moral goodness, which lies in virtue. So there's an entire vast realm of things that are indifference. They don't make a difference. And we do still have to work with them. So these are the things that are not placed among the goods and bads. And Cicero and Cato will tell us here in this book that appropriate acts themselves, because they bear on indifference, they are not themselves placed among things that are good in the full sense or bad. They can be useful, they can be harmful, they can have all sorts of other predicates applied to them. They can be preferred indifference or rejected indifference, uh, although appropriate acts are always going to be preferred indifference, aren't they? But they're not going to be morally good as such. So he says that these have to do with the things that are neither good nor bad, but some reasonable account, some plausible is another way of, of looking at it, some probabilis ratio can be provided for why you should do this action rather than this action. We'll take an, an example that comes up a little bit later on. Should you try to manage your money well? From a stoic perspective, that is indeed something that has to do with indifference. Wealth is totally indifferent, although it's a preferred indifferent. And one of the Stoics, Diogenes, who is the fourth leader of the Stoic school, the fourth scholar, actually said, well, you know, wealth itself is useful for certain things. It can, in fact, conduce to health. Right? You spend your money on the right things and you can become healthy. It is probably unhealthy to be poor. However, whether you're wealthy or poor, whether you're healthy or sick, doesn't really make a difference when it comes to whether you possess virtue or happiness or not, according to the Stoics. 
So the appropriate act might be to establish a budget and stick to the budget, right? Because it's one thing to have a budget. It's a very different thing to actually follow through and stick to the budget that you've established. And that would be an appropriate act. It's not something that is good in and of itself, but some sort of reasonable explanation can be provided for why you ought to do this. And, you know, you might say, well, can't you provide a reasonable explanation for doing bad acts? Yes, you can provide rationalizations for them, but submit them to other people and see what they think of them. If they say, wow, your reasoning is really off, perhaps your reasonable account is not quite so reasonable. He also tells us that when appropriate acts are dealing with indifference, some things ought to be chosen, namely the preferred indifference. We have to balance them against each other as well. And some of them ought to be rejected. And that preference and rejection, that is also a matter of appropriate actions. There's one other distinction that he makes that is particularly interesting, and it helps to reconnect appropriate acts to the virtues. So in the discussion of appropriate acts, he says, listen, wise people, that's the stoic version of the good human being, the sage, and everybody else, they can all do appropriate acts. So that's not a dividing line. However, the wise person is going to do appropriate acts in a somewhat different way than everybody else will. So he distinguishes between right appropriate action this is complete appropriate action or action that is done completely, perfectum. You know, it is brought to its full conclusion. And then there's incomplete appropriate action. This is just doing the right thing in the circumstances, but not doing it, you could say, all the way because you're not doing it in the right way or for the right reason. And the example that he has is restoring a deposit or a trust, something that somebody gives you and says, hey, give this back to me when I need it. It could be a cache of weapons. It could be their money. It could be whatever you like. And so you've made some sort of promise. Do you restore the trust? Now you could restore it and say, I, I don't really think that you deserve this. Here you go, right? That would be doing it incompletely. You could also restore it, as he says, rightly, recta, or justly, juste. And this is a different modality. And that would be making it right appropriate action or fully developed appropriate action. And this ties into the virtues. It goes back to them because where do you get this, the distinctions about how to do it rightly or justly? Well, from looking at what a just or right, morally right person would in fact do. So we have a, a reconnection between appropriate acts, which seem like they're a little bit divorced from moral goodness and the virtues. And appropriate acts are something that occupies a large part of our life. So they play a very important role within Stoic ethics. Even the wise person is going to be doing a lot of appropriate acts, but they're going to separate them from the actual possession of the virtues. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.